All right. Well, my next guest is running for mayor of this great city of Toronto. And this week got some what some would call a big endorsement from the former mayor himself, John Tory. Anna Bilal, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Maggie. So great to be here and talking to you and uh, the listeners. Uh, so there have been mixed reactions about the endorsement from the man who put us in the situation due to having an inappropriate relationship with a staffer. Uh, why was this important to you, Anna? Well, uh, this is on top of two other former mayors uh, have endorsed me as well. I had the endorsement of Art Eglinton and Barbara Hall and uh, also uh, Deputy Mayor Jennifer McKelvey, who has been doing the job for the last four months. And, uh, and now John Tory. Uh, that knows what it takes to do the job, uh, did it for eight years, uh, that knows me, that has worked with me, uh, and all these people that have been there, that, uh, that uh, know the office, that know the skills needed, coming out and saying that I am the best one to lead the city, I think is quite important because uh, they, they know what it takes. They've been there. You know, some would, would blame Anna, um, some would blame John Tory for the state of the city. Um, you've pointed out the lack of housing, the issues with TTC. Your tagline on your website is fix city services, build housing and make life more affordable. So how will you lead differently, you think, than the man who just endorsed you? And how can you ensure um, that this won't be the same old, same old, considering you do have a number, as you said, current counselors endorsing you? Yeah. So I, I, I you know, the, the city got turned upside down with the pandemic. Our lives got turned upside down. And we were already facing a lot of pressure, to be honest with you, since amalgamation uh, on, on our financial situations. Every mayor's before had to deal with, uh, you know, the other orders of government and, and trying to get funds to uh, do a lot of the things because we got so much uh, put on the backs of Torontonians that used to be part of the province you know they used to be to pay 50 percent of transit they used to be the ones doing the housing they used to be the ones uh, that had the maintenance of the garden and the dvp so all this with amalgamation got put on uh on the city of toronto and on top of that we have one billion dollars in our budget that are responsibilities of the other orders of government that we're paying for and with the pressure from the pandemic there's no question that there's services that are not coming back the way that it should. You know, RTTC, you know, ridership tanked during the pandemic, and we're having a really tough time attracting people back to the TTC because people don't feel safe. There were cuts uh, that made it less reliable. And so there's two choices here, right? You can continue down the road of, you know, uh, doing the cuts because the ridership is not there, or uh, the, what I chose, which is we need to invest in the transit, get get uh, supervisors, constables, bring eyes and ears to the system, make sure that we restore the services so that we attract the ridership back. And on top of this, this, this problem, for example, with the TTC, the lack of ridership is causing almost half of the bu budget hole that, that we have in here. So when I talk about fixing services, it's things like this. And with regards to housing, um, for decades, governments had been stepping away. Since the 90s, they'd been stepping away from housing. All the programs stopped in the 90s. Uh, governments stopped investing in housing. We've now, over the last few years, saw governments coming back. You know, the, national, uh, the, the, the federal government launched a national housing strategy, which I, I had a, the opportunity to be at the table to push for that, to work with them on that. 
uh, and the city came back to the housing business. We we are now we currently have three thousand units of housing under construction right now. Fifteen thousand already approved and in the process, many of them are getting shovels in the ground. Is there more to do? Absolutely. I'm the first one to say yes. That's why I'm. Uh, you know, putting my experience, my track record uh, uh, to get it done because I've been there doing it. Um, I work with counselors. You know, counselors are, uh, they were elected in November. It is the same 25 counselors that will be there. And that's why it's so important as well that I have the support already of nine counselors because you need to get things done at City Hall. There's no party politics. You need to have a leader that is going to be able to bring the agenda and get things done through council. We don't want, you know, a circus back at City Hall. We want things done through council. And we want somebody that is going to stand up for the city, uh, you know, uh, with Queen's Park and uh, with Parliament Hill. You can't have you know, a puppet of the premier, or you can't have somebody, you know, like Olivia Chad that has been in opposition all this time, that, you know, the response is taxes and, and more bureaucracy, and, uh, and is, she's going to find the doors closed at, at Queen's Park and, and Parliament Hill. So having somebody like me that has been at the table, that has the experience, that has the track record of delivering. I've delivered billions in housing for Toronto Community Housing, for during the pandemic, for the supportive housing that we, we've built. I've worked with these governments to deliver for the City of Toronto, and we need to have that kind of leadership at City Hall. Let's talk a little bit more about housing. And uh, I know that you have been a, a full champion of housing in the past, yes, as as city councillor uh, in past years. You announced this week that you would work in favour of construction workers who, you said, work all day building the city and then have to drive hours to their homes. I'm sure you know of the shortage of construction workers in this country. Experts say 300,000 construction workers in Canada will retire in the next 10 years. How do you build that 57,000 purpose-built rental homes that you speak of with this continuous shortage, as well as, you know, as you said, the city is building, but obviously not fast enough. We have a, we have a huge yeah. issue in the city. Absolutely. We, we, and, and we have two issues. We have one that we as a city, at City Hall, can assist, which is the speed of approval, facilitating it to happen quicker, get rid, of, get rid of red tape and silos and making sure that we're building it close to transit, that we include affordable housing. So those are things that is within the control of the city. Now, the shortage of uh, the construction workers is something that, you know, the industry uh, has been saying for a long time mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people retiring there's a lot more being done we have a lot of transit being built we have a lot of housing that needs to be built and so there's there's two things that we need to do one is the federal government needs to ensure that our immigration is responding to our labor needs and the other thing is really invest in apprenticeship and career opportunities for people that are here that people start seeing the good careers that they can have uh, in this in this industry, um, I know that many of the unions have been doing a lot of outreach uh, and a lot of investing in a lot of apprenticeship programs uh, to create long-lasting careers uh, for our youth and 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 for families here, and that is really really important as well. On that note, though, Anna, there are currently more than 81,000 households on the waiting list for subsidized housing. How much longer, if Anna Bylaw becomes mayor on Monday? How much longer will those 81,000 households have to wait for subsidized housing? 
So I will build 285,000 uh, homes because we need, we need three things in the city of Toronto. We need supply uh, so that it brings a level of affordability. And I've committed to build the 285,000 units, including 57,000 of purpose-built rental, which is another area that we haven't been building enough in our city of purpose-built rental. In the 60s and 70s, it used to be 40% of the units built used to be purpose-built rental. We're now not even at 10%. So we need to incentivize, and I will with, you know, rent zoning and incentives to have more purpose-built rental. But we need more affordable housing, deeper affordability, and I will work uh, with nonprofits, uh, with our land, putting more of our land, putting more of incentives. Uh, I know that nonprofits have a difficult time on a pre-development stage because they can access some of the funds that the federal government has on their national housing strategy, but it's that pre-work before that sometimes takes long, and it's very difficult for our nonprofits to do incredible work uh, in in uh, running these uh, these uh, affordable homes, and so I I'm creating a fund to assist them and to work with them on that. And then the other kind of affordable housing, the the housing that we need is supportive housing, which is to deal with um, a lot of the homelessness that we have in our city. And affordable housing and supportive housing, we do need to have the three orders of government at the table, and we need to have nonprofits and builders. Uh, you know that's another difference that my plan has versus Olivia Chow. Olivia Chow believes that government should build it all. Taxes and government bureaucracy is the way to solve housing. It's not. This is such an issue that needs everybody involved, all hands on deck. But do you, you have a time? I have to- a minute left, Anna, so I, I do want to get... Do you have a timeline, though? I, I just think about the thousands of households that have been waiting and waiting and waiting, looking at the housing now planned by the city of Toronto, waiting and waiting for subsidized housing, waiting for deeply affordable housing. What does that timeline and, look and like we, for you? We, we have a 2020-2030 plan that I'm very committed on mm-hmm. top of the 285,000 units of, of housing that I am committed to, to fulfill. Uh, that includes not only the housing, but includes housing benefits as well, uh, the Canada-Ontario Housing Benefit, which is part of the National Housing Strategy and that we've been administering as well. So this issue is an issue that is also not going to be solved just with one tool. Mm-hmm. Some, ish, some people were going to be able to assist with rent supplements. In my plan, for example, I have... $5 million of rent assistance for victims of domestic violence because there has been such an increase during the pandemic that we need to tackle it right away. So anybody uh, that we need to make sure that can get access to those red supplements so they can get out of the situation. So it is uh, uh, all hands on deck and different solutions. Unfortunately, housing, we need to build the housing, but we need to bring the rent supplements. We need to bring the supports for the nonprofits, and we need to commit to fulfill the 2020-2030 plan, which will help uh, over 300,000 residents in our our city. All right, we're going to have to call it there. Thank you so much, Anna, for your time today. All the best. Thank you. That was Anna Bailao. She wants your vote on Monday, June 26th. If you didn't know, she's running for mayor of the city of Toronto.